Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, believers, it's good to see you. Hey, keep me in prayer this week. I'll be talking to the neurologist uh, on Wednesday, and uh, they'll rescan my brain, and uh, he'll let me know if I can come back in August, which it looks like I'm going to be able to. Uh, but just uh, keep me in your prayers, extra prayers, okay? And I'm excited. Uh, this weekend, we're finishing the color series. And uh, we have a very special staff member that's ministering, uh, Matt Wilden. Matt oversees all of the buildings at Believers. He oversees the Boardman Campus uh, building. He oversees uh, traditional, worn, anything we own. He makes sure that it, it functions properly and uh, is taken care of properly. So he does an incredible job, but he also has a call on his life to ministry. He's ministered from this place uh, many times before. And he's going to finish out our color series. He's dealing with the color green, and it's an incredible message. So can we give it up for Brother Matt Wilden as he comes forward to minister the Word of God? Good morning. Good morning. You know, first service, I came from that side of the stage over there, and I got some dirty looks, you know? Like, I was mixing it up on everybody here. I, I accredited it to Pastor Joe not being here. You know, the big guy's not here. We can do whatever we want to do right now. It's just all a party right now, you know? But uh, wasn't it awesome to see him up on the screen here this morning? It was. <clears throat> it's great to see how well he's doing uh, through all this, and um Excited to have them back here in August. Uh, you know, if you're watching online here this morning, I want to welcome you here with us today. We are excited to have you in TCI as well, all the men there. Excited to have you as well. And, uh, you know, we are without the Boardman campus today because Pastor Joe Jr., he is actually ministering live out there uh, today. But, uh, you know, I am excited to be here with you guys. Um, I was thinking about this this morning, and, you know, I have been attending Blairish church for about 23 years now. Can't believe how fast time goes. And uh, hey, been here a long time. Thank you. Uh, but and been part of the, the staff here for about 13 years or so now. And, uh, you know, we are blessed to have such awesome lead pastors here. You know, they have... Um, walk through so much stuff in my life with me. And I'm just so thankful for them and just the opportunities that they provide me with and just help me grow. So um, give them a big, give them a big hug next time you see them. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Um, you know, so today we are gonna be finishing up our series titled Colors here. And today I'm gonna be talking about the color green. I wanna share a story with you guys here. You know, when I was younger, I used to enjoy riding dirt bikes. I rode dirt bikes when I was younger. Um, I had a couple friends in our neighborhood, a lot of kids in the neighborhood that rode dirt bikes as well. Uh, and you know, my mom, she was a single mom. We didn't have a ton of money. Uh, so, you know, I had to save up for my dirt bike that I had and I pinched my pennies for a really long time. And, you know, uh, let me tell you something. It was a piece of junk, but that is really all that I could afford at that time. I was probably, like I said, like 13, 14 years old or so. And the very first dirt bike I bought, if you know anything about dirt bikes at all, it was way too big of a bike 
for me, but it was all I could get my hands on. It was a called a Yamaha YZ465. So it was a, a big beast of a bike. And like I said, it was, uh, it, it was beyond a piece of junk. You know, the engine needed some work, so it was really, really loud. And it didn't have what was called a silencer on it. So I would just terrorize my neighborhood. My neighbors actually absolutely hated me when I was younger. And me and my friends, we would just like rip up and down our quiet little street that we lived on. And, uh, you know, we would, we would, kids, plug your ears here, my kids, um, we would get the police called on us sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember there was a couple that lived at the end of the street. They had little kids. And I remember they would just, you know, beg us, please, please do not ride your dirt bikes during these hours here. Our kids are trying to nap right now and they can't sleep when you're out here riding your dirt bikes like this. So, Anyways, we had a good time with that. But I remember this one particular time when uh, my next door neighbor, he got uh, a brand new dirt bike for Christmas. And I remember thinking to myself, man, that is so much money right there. How can his mom afford to buy him that for, for Christmas? And I just remember that was like one of the earliest times I remember really experiencing just like envy and jealousy in my life right there. Can you guys relate to that? Anybody ever deal with like jealousy or envy in here? Um, you know, it's not a word that we, we talk about often, but it's something we all deal with as humans, right? And there's a phrase that's actually been coined for this right here. And so if somebody is envious of someone or, or, or something, we might say that that person is green with envy, right? So he's green with envy, um, you know, my house right now, got my family with me right here, my wife and my two children, two of my three kids right now. My boys are getting a little bit older now. And uh, let me tell you, they are total boys. It's like WrestleMania in my house all the, all the time. And um, <clears throat> nowadays, they would rather watch a nice, and we're, we're really careful about what we let them watch on TV, but you know, they like a nice, good clean action movie sometimes. They're like a little bit of like manly, manly violence, right guys? And uh, they've been asking us for a really long time, dad, mom, when can we watch the Marvel movies? They're about, all about the Marvel movie. So we finally decided this year, all right, we'll, we'll let you watch the Marvel movies. And I pre promised my wife that I would preface this with, with saying that there's, I promise you, there's been a lot of fast forwarding that's been, been taking place here, a lot of earmuffs and, and eyes, eyes closed, but we're going through some of the Marvel movies that are appropriate right now. And, uh, you know, so anytime it's kind of thing in our house right now. Anytime someone asks the, the kids, like, how's your summer going? Like, I just automatically chime in. And, oh, it's going fantastic. We're having a marvelous summer right now. So that's, that's what we're saying in our house. We are having a marvelous summer right now, going through all these Marvel movies. But, um, you know, one of my personal favorites, and we actually watched this last night, was The Hulk. And, you know, you see the big guy right there, the Incredible Hulk. And, you know, when someone becomes envious, it kind of reminds me of that transformation that takes place, like when Bruce Banner turns into the, the Hulk, right? It's just like this big green beast can come out of us. And uh, when we become green with envy, we just deal with this big green beast 
It's deep inside of us sometimes. And, you know, envy, it's actually one of the seven deadly sins. And I love what the author, Joseph Epstein, says. He says, out of all the seven deadly sins, envy is the only one that's not fun at all. So think about that for a second. You got, you got greed. It's fun to have a little cash, huh? And, uh, you know, you got gluttony. We all love getting a little gluttonous sometimes. Lust, huh? Just, just saying here, um, but you know, and then you got you got envy there, and envy can kind of just make you feel a little bit icky on the inside when you're dealing with that. Aristotle he defined envy as pain at the sight of another's good fortune, stirred by those who have what we ought to have, and then the famous mathematician by the name of Bertrand Russell, he said that envy is one of the most potent causes of unhappiness. I think that's interesting right there. Envy is one of the most potent causes of unhappiness. Do you guys know that envy, it can affect your your physical health. It can affect your mental health. There was a study that was done recently in 2000. And what neuroscientists found was that envy, it actually stimulates the brain's interior cingulate cortex, which is a part of the brain that's associated with uh, physical and mental pain. There was a, a research paper that was published about this, and it was titled, When Your Gain Is My Pain and Your Pain Is My Gain. Let me say that again. When Your Gain Is My Pain and Your Pain Is My Gain. And what they did was they took 18,000 individuals that they randomly selected and they studied the effects of envy in their life. And what what they found is that envy, it was a very powerful predictor of you know, the future, these people's future mental well-being and, and physical health. And people that experience strong, envious feelings generally had a lower well-being in the future. So envy, it stunts our psychological health and our well-being. And when you think about it, what envy is, it actually involves a battle of two different, two different forces, right? You've got coveting on one side over here, fighting against contentment on the other side over here. So I want to take a look at those two things, and we're going to talk about coveting first. Um, So what exactly does coveting mean? This is the definition of coveting. It's a strong desire to have someone or something, especially when it belongs to someone else. And there was a Roman Catholic priest that I read about, and he had heard the confessions of over 2,000 people in his lifetime, and he heard all different kinds of crazy confessions. He said he heard confessions of people lying, stealing, adultery, you know, murder, all the, all the big things. But never once in his entire life did he ever hear someone confess to coveting. And I think maybe that's because most people, we don't know what it is. And even if we do know what it, what it is, you know, it, it can be easily disguised, right? We can think of envy as having aspirations, aspiring to do something or obtain something. Or we can think of envy as, you know, achieving the American, American dream, or it's like one of the acceptable sins of suburbia today. But, you know, believe it or not, envy in uh, coveting, it's actually one of the, the 10 commandments. So I wanna read this scripture to you guys. It's Exodus twenty seventeen. 
It says this, it says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So that scripture, thousands and thousands of years old. And I think it still holds up pretty well for being that old, but I wanted to modernize this scripture a little bit. So, you know, you guys ever hear of AI, artificial intelligence? Like, you know, everybody's talking about AI, it's gonna take over the world here pretty soon and we need to beware of it. So what I did was I went to OpenChatGPT, which is an AI search engine. I said, hey, I need you to modernize this for me into Gen Z lingo. So I wanna tell you guys, I wanna read this to you guys. This is uh, this scripture in Gen Z lingo, okay? Yo fam, here's a sick translation of that verse in Gen Z lingo. I can't help getting character with this. I got the two gun salute going on, you know? Okay, so like, don't be all jealous and wanting what your neighbors got, you know? Don't be thirsting after their crib or their bay or their squad or their ride or their dope pets or anything that is theirs, yo. Right? Gen Z, baby. <clears throat> Couldn't have said it better myself, you know? Yo, I'm 43. Now, and sometimes like I get confused with that. I always have to look to my wife to confirm my, when I say my age, I can't remember if I'm 43, 44, 42. There's no round about that area right there. So like I've got one foot in, like kind of what's cool still, and I'm, but I'm kind of like on my way out right now. I've almost crossed that threshold and I was thinking about it. It's, you know, it's kind of like puberty, you know, just kind of like that awkward stage right there. It's like that little in-between stage a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so I want to share another scripture with you guys. It's Ephesians 5.3. It says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as is proper among saints. So where's the little tongue twister there? Covet covetousness. I think I got that right. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that Paul, he's saying that type of thinking, it's beneath us as followers of Jesus. So why is coveting such a big deal? And there's two reasons that I can think of with this, and I want to talk about them here. Uh, you know, the first one of those reasons is that coveting is idolatry. Ephesians 5.5, 5, it says, for you may be sure of this, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. All right, so wait a second. You're telling me that if I desire what other people have, that's, that's idolatry or that coveting is idolatry. And I think the answer to that is yes, because that is the very definition of what idolatry is. Idolatry is, you know, it's elevating my desire for people and things above my desire for God. Or that's what coveting is. It's elevating my desire for people and things above God. And that's what idolatry is right there. Second thing that I uh, think makes this such a big deal is that coveting, brings chaos. I want to read a couple, read James 3.16 to you. And I want to share two different translations to you because I think it brings a little bit of extra clarity to this here. Uh, it says, for where there is envy and contention, there is also chaos in every evil thing. Let's read the next translation. For envying and contention is, there is inconsistency in every evil thing 
work. So what's James saying here? I think that he's saying that uh, when we focus on what other people have, there's only one result with that, and that, that's chaos. In other words, the end game of envy is every evil work, right? I read a statistic here and I thought this was interesting and I didn't think it was true until I really started to, to think about it and I noticed that, uh, yeah, that, that probably is true. You know, Americans, we actually see 4, 000, between 4,000 and 10,000 ads every single day. So, you know, I'm looking at Pastor Gina's Dr. Pepper right there and it's making me thirsty right now. It's making me, it's making me covet that Dr. Pepper right there. I want what I don't have right now, right? So that's between 4,000 and 10,000 times every single day that we are told we need something that <clears throat> we don't have. And, uh, you know, just thinking about that. Um, by the way, I don't think it helps that, you know, our, I'm pretty sure our, our phones are spying on us right now. You know, talk about something with my wife and I turn around and it's all over my Facebook feed. And, you know, we got Alexas throughout, throughout the house. So, you know, um, you know, AI, it's coming for us, people. Watch out. All right, read this scripture here. This is Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So why do you guys think Jesus says, be on your guard? I think that's interesting because what it does is it implies that covetousness is on the offense and that we should be on the defense for that. In other words, covenant, it's coming for us. So we got to be ready for it. You know what I've noticed? I think it's really hard to covet if we don't compare to other people. Have you ever stopped to think about this for a second, about how happy your life would be if you didn't compare what you had to other people? So follow me for a second. You know, that car that you had, it was a great car. You really loved that car until your neighbor rolled up in their driveway with a brand new SUV and that cool new color, right? Your iPhone 12 Pro, man, it was working great for you. You actually really liked your iPhone 12 Pro until you tried your friend's iPhone 14 Pro Max, right? And then you had to have that. How about that house that you're living in right now? fantastic house, you really liked it, suits all your needs, but your neighbor, your friend, they just built a brand new house. It's their dream home. It's got that heated in-ground swimming pool, that beautiful master suite. So you gotta have that, that new house. You know, you guys get where I'm going with this. And uh, you know, one thing I was thinking about with this, the reality of it is that comparison kills contentment. And comparison, it'll usually land us in one of two ditches. On this side of the road, you've got insecurity. And then on this side of the road, there's pride. So let's talk about those two things right there. Insecurity is basically, you know, when we compare ourselves to others and our insecurities begin to surface. Um, I think the perfect example of this is, is King Saul. He dealt with this. And uh, you know, the thing about insecurity and pride, by the way, they're both all about counting the wrong thing. So I'm gonna talk about what, what King Saul was counting here for a second. Let's read this. This is 1 Samuel 18, six through nine. 
It says, as the troops were returning home after killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and other instruments. And as the women danced, they sang out, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was furious and resented this song. They have ascribed tens of thousands to David, he said, but only thousands to me. I think that's comparison at its finest right there. Maybe we're not counting our kills on the battlefield, but uh, you know, maybe this looks something like, I posted that thing on Facebook. She got 60 likes and she posted the same exact thing. I only got six likes for that. Or how about, man, he made more on that one deal than I've made in an entire year. Let's talk about the second thing here, and that's, that's pride. You know, pride, when we compare ourselves to others, we swell up with pride and we actually become the object of other people's envy. I wanna read this scripture about David with this. It says in 1 Chronicles 21, one through two, now Satan entered the scene and seduced David into taking a census of Israel. David gave orders to Joab and the officers under him canvas all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and get a count of the population. I want to know the number. So here goes that counting thing again. David, he wants to know the number. And the funny thing is, Joab, he actually tried to talk David out of this because he knew it would be displeasing to God, but David went ahead and did it anyways. And the thing was, in those days, you know, a man only had the right to count what belonged to him. So David, by doing this, it was an act of pride, in my opinion, at the highest level. David wanted to compare what he had with all the men under him, with all the other kings in the land. And, uh, you know, didn't it end well for David? God actually gave David a choice between three different punishments that he can pick, for, pick from. And, you know, that's a completely different story for another day. Not gonna go there right now. But uh, it just reminds me of the scripture and it says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So comparison kills contentment. It leads to insecurity and pride. And you know, Saul and David, they were counting the wrong things. So we gotta be careful what you count. And I think this is very interesting. Did you guys notice that uh, you can't spell the word insecurity or pride without the letter I? I think, you know, Comparison, it comes with a really unhealthy focus on, on me and it really diminishes our focus on, on God and on others. All right, so if you guys can relate to this and envy seems to be a, a struggle for you, how do we conquer this? We got this big green monster on the inside of us that we're talking about. We are green with envy. And I believe God wants us all to walk free of this. You know, some of us might struggle with this at higher, level, higher levels than others, but uh, bottom line, God wants us all to walk free from this. So I got a few ideas that I wanna share with you guys about this. Number one, <clears throat> Let's forget the Joneses. We live in this culture that is obsessed with keeping up appearances. And in, in other words, we're always trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? And if we're not careful, it can just become a driving force in our life. I wanna read Matthew 6, 31 through 32. And uh, 
You see what Jesus says in the gospel. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Other translations say that unbelievers eagerly seek them or they strive after them. And then it says, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying that, you know, one of the key characteristics of his followers is they don't chase after things. They don't chase after provisions. They chase after their provider. So here's what I want to challenge you guys to focus a little bit more on Jesus and a little bit less on the Joneses. How much happier could your life be if you, if you did that? If you got a, forgot about the Joneses, if you don't try and be the Joneses. Um, I was thinking about this and I think the perfect example of this, you know, I don't post on social media a, a lot, mainly because my wife steals all the good pictures before I get a chance to, to post them on Facebook. So then I just copy them to my Facebook page. But every time I post, you know, I have to ask myself the question, man, why, why am I posting this right here? What do I want to get out of this? Am I posting this because I genuinely uh, want my family and friends to enjoy this and I want to see this? Or am I posting this because I want other people to think that maybe I'm, I'm cooler than I really am or I'm, I'm better than I really am? Do I want other people to think of me more highly than they, than they ought to? All right, second thing here, um, celebrate when others succeed. So, you know, I think that as we grow, excuse me, in God, the goal simply is not to envy, but it's about moving into a place when we celebrate other people who succeed. You know, Romans 12, 12, part of it says that, Rejoice with those who rejoice. So bottom line, you know, when one of our brothers or one of our our sisters win, that's a win for us too, because we're on the same team, right? Um, I was reminded of a story that I heard once when I was thinking about this. There's, you know, pastors, Pastor Joe and Gina are friends with them. Their names are Beth and and Jeff Jones. They pastor in church in in Michigan, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I think they actually may have stepped down earlier this year. Their son took over the church and they're just in more of like a consulting role right now. But they were talking about how it was very early on in their ministry, they had four kids. They were flat broke. They were scraping together pennies to make ends ends work. And some friends of theirs invited them over to their house. And this was a brand new house that their friends just built. And it was a custom home. And they they pulled up in the driveway and they said, you know, the moment that they pulled up, they're almost just dejected at the sight of this house right there. But they made a decision right there in that very moment when they were sitting in the driveway, they decided, you know what, we are gonna celebrate them and we're gonna just make a big deal about this. So they went on a tour of the house and you know, they went through every nook and cranny and they, they celebrated and they got excited with this other couple and they celebrated with them. They rejoiced when others we're rejoicing. And if you're, you're catching my flow here, you know, the Joneses were tempted to keep up with the Joneses, right? So, but they rejoiced with others that were rejoicing. And, uh, you know, been here quite a while, like I said earlier. And one thing that I've always heard Pastor Joe say, he says that blowing out <clears throat> someone else's candle won't make your candle shine. 
any brighter. And I think it's just a sign of security when we're able to come alongside someone else and not be threatened by maybe how smart they are, or just the, the talents that they have. And we're able to you know, help them excel and help them grow in God and do everything that God's called them to do. And I was thinking about King Saul and David with this. You guys think that would have turned out a little bit different for King Saul? That, that story actually goes on and it talks about how King Saul, the very next day, he was overcome with an evil spirit and he tried to kill David by throwing a spear at him from across the, the room there. And um, <clears throat> you know that was the beginning of the end for King Saul really right there. And uh, you know, I think that story would have probably ended a little bit differently if he would have instead come alongside David, supported David and everything that he was doing, tried to help David get even, even better. How much longer could have King Saul's reign lasted through that? <clears throat> so the third thing here is cultivate contentment. And I'm gonna get ready to close here in just a few moments, but you know, the good news, you know, if coveting and comparison are the sickness, then contentment is secure. Let me say that again. So coveting and comparison are the sickness, but contentment is secure. And I think it's all about counting the right things. We were talking about how Saul and David, they were counting the wrong things earlier. They were comparing. And I think what we need to do is, uh, I call this a holy habit. We gotta count our blessings. We gotta look to God and see, thank him for the things that we do have rather than focusing on the things that, that we don't have. I love in the uh, Old Testament, it talks about a lot of times uh, when God does something great for the, the people of, of Israel. They do a, they, they make an altar. They'll grab up a bunch of rocks and they'll, they'll stack them up and they make an altar right there. And they say one of the reasons that they do that is so that the generations that can come can see the goodness and the, the grace and the love of God. And it's just an act of thankfulness. So I would challenge you guys, man, make some altars in your life along the way. What is it that you're, you're thankful for? Thankful for what God's done in your life. Uh, one more scripture here, Psalm 105.5. It says, remember with awe and gratitude the wonderful things which he has done, his amazing deeds. So I challenge you guys this week, go ahead and thank God for the things that you do have rather than thinking about the things that you, you don't have and the things that you want and need. I'm absolutely guilty of this myself and it's an area that I need to grow in, an area that, that I wanna grow in. But I think if we did that, do you guys think you'd experience a little bit more peace and a little bit more contentment in your life if you focused on what you do have rather than what you don't have and you thanked God for all those things? I do. All right, let's go ahead and pray here. We'll close things up. Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name right now. And uh, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to, to minister here this morning to all these people, Father. Uh, I thank you just for the gifts and talents that each and every person in this room has, Lord. Um, pray that you would just cultivate those, grow those, God. Help us come alongside each other and help each other grow, Father. I pray that you would just pick up where I left off with this, God. Speak to each and every person's heart individually. Just grow us, Father, and uh, challenge us. And I just thank you for what it, you're gonna do in our life in the, the days to come, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
All right, keep your eyes closed for just one more minute here. Just wanna give a quick, quick invitation. You know, obviously you hear me talking about Jesus a lot here this morning. And, um, you know, really the first step to all this, the Bible tells us that Jesus, he's the, the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, God wants us to experience amazing life here on this earth and in, in, in heaven. And, you know, he tells us the way to that is, is through Jesus. He tells us that Jesus died on a cross for us. He gave his life for us. And when we put our, our hope and trust in him, we'll experience all that and we'll spend forever in, in heaven with him. So I'm gonna say a prayer here. You can repeat after me. And if you want, if you want to sit, if this is the first time you've ever said it, man, I can promise you there's a, a party in heaven going on for you. Say, dear God, just thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the thing that he did on the cross for me. I thank you that he died for my sins. I just put my hope and my trust in him. And I declare Jesus as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.